And away we go. It is the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com. If you are uh, looking for a sea of humanity tomorrow, get yourself down to the Holy Grail. It is opening day. Enjoy the festivities, whether you, uh, you have tickets to the Reds game or not. Make sure throughout the summer, you're stopping by the Grail. You are supporting those that support us and you can do that by stopping in and uh having a beverage getting some great food and uh just all in all enjoying dora and the atmosphere down at the banks hi dave hello you uh you going to opening day tomorrow absolutely not why not because i don't really like baseball But you have a favorite baseball team. I do. Which means you like baseball some. No, they have a singular goal, and that is to keep me somewhat interested until football season starts. (laughs) And if they accomplish that, then then I don't really care what happens the rest of the year. I mean, I do appreciate... Uh, the new, the semi-new ownership group and what they do, but uh, no, I, I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, anymore. It does make it a little. The NFL funny. is, is year round, so right. what does it even matter anymore? But like in like May and June, there's not really anything going on, and then, um, but it is funny to live in Cincinnati. And, you know, can't avoid hearing, you know, Reds talk. If you are on Twitter, you listen to any bit of sports radio in this town. It's funny to live here and and hear what everybody talks about here. And then uh, juxtapose that with who my favorite team is and the way that they do business. And how it's, uh, you know, not exactly the same uh, goals and aspirations appear to be in mind. Steve Cohen doesn't care. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He has a lot of money and he is very happy to spend it on baseball players. He is. He, he doesn't. It's what you want in an owner. Uh, you bought the team, spend your money. To make the team a winner. Um, I'm actually wearing. It's funny you bring this up. I'm actually wearing. See, big baseball on on opening day eve. Dave's got his Mets gear on. He's a big baseball fan. Don't <laughs> let him fool Huge MLB guy. <laughs> I was listening today, uh, going to pick up Will and Mo was talking to <clears throat> some some people that follow cover the Reds and he rattled off five or six names. That I, they could have all come to my house today, and I would have had no idea who those guys were. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> Hope that payroll's getting aligned, though. Yeah, I. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to take a while for me to figure out who is who, and I have to do it pretty quick because I'm on the radio a lot in the spring and summer. 
and I know like six guys on the team. <laughs> One of them isn't playing anytime soon. <laughs> right. Oh boy. Um, what do you want to start with? Well, you were at practice today. I was at pro- practice today. Probably start with that. I've been in two practices this week. Today it seems was, like um, a, seems like a reasonable place to begin. Today was a lot. It was a lot of special teams and individual stuff. I was uh, I was hanging out with uh, with uh, a former player, Mister Jabari Taylor, for a, a good portion of it, and he's like, "Do they?" Are we going team today? Like, been a been a lot of special teams, a lot of individuals, a lot of uh, a lot of station to station, a lot of position work. Uh, not a lot of of let's play some football today. So, uh, I, I will tell you this: if the three practices of seven that I've seen so far are any indication, this is a football team that is going to turn the ball over a lot. Which which side which side are you talking about? Yes, <laughs> yes. The defense has been ball hawking, Dave. They've been everywhere. Good. I had, inter- I had interceptions today for Jordan Young, DJ Taylor. Uh, I had two interceptions for Taj Ward. I had two interceptions for Sammy Anderson, and that's on a day that they didn't they didn't have a lot of teamwork. It was on a day where there was a lot of situational you know seven on seven in the red zone and like i said a lot of special teams a lot of uh save some of those up for the season fellas (laughs) i have been really impressed with jordan young like that looks like a legit high major defensive back he he gets his hands on the ball a lot and seems to more often than not be properly positioned to make a play on the ball not just like he's around the ball but like Back turn, like facing the, the quarterback, hands ready, alert. You're not seeing it go through his hands. You're not seeing him miss opportunities. He's had a pick every day I've been there. And I know Kerry mentioned uh, the couple days that Kerry was there, he had picks on those days as well. So uh, they definitely went out and got a good one in Jordan Young. So we've seen a lot of Coach Kerry Combs fist, fist pumps. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, exuberation on the sideline. Yes, lots of that. Um, also, uh, I thought it was fairly interesting that uh, DJ Taylor was at safety today. And right. in talking to Satterfield after practice, uh, the indication was he's a guy that they're going to be using pretty much predominantly at safety uh, in either of the two spots. So talk for a second. Cool. Cool. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's always the push and pull of spring practice. One, you know, one group is doing great. That means that, uh, you know, somebody else isn't doing great at the same time. Like, Especially defensively with this type of us of of personnel, one like they have by far more returners on defense, more veterans on defense. Yeah, and you're going to be playing. You're you're going into a system that is. I'm not going to say it's easy, but like 
it's probably fairly uh it's easy. not super complex for, well for them to, to pick it up quickly right. when it's a lot of attacking it's a lot of you know what we what we saw Louisville do especially last year what we've known coach Brown to want to do like we were, we're joking about the offense and obviously there's a lack of wide receivers and they're throwing a lot of intercept, but like I would be far more concerned right now. If the offense, if you were coming on here being like, yeah, the quarterbacks look amazing. The five wide receivers we have, nobody can cover them. Like they can't get pressure on, on the offense. Like I would be far more concerned about that because I'm, I'd be, I'd be thinking, well, wait a second. We have like a lot of returning impact players on defense, learning a system that is very much just go get the ball, go move forward, be aggressive. Like that would be a problem to me far more than some offensive struggles. Um, you know how thin they are at receiver, Dave? I mean, did uh, Justin get some reps today? No, but Shamamateer is, is playing wide receiver right now. Hey, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Six five two fifty. Now, the explanation from Satterfield makes perfect sense. He's limited because of his shoulder surgery in the off season, so it's not like he's gonna be at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, in like, line, running well, into people. No. And he said this gives him a chance to get him out wide and then put him in space and see if he's capable of making plays down the field in space and it makes sense work on his routes work on you know because it is one it is a big adjustment if you've always kind of played in like this quote-unquote box area and you're only running like a few routes from an inline tight end type of position to then being out there on the numbers outside the numbers like your spatial awareness is totally different. You have to worry about where the sideline is. You have to think about where the defense, like it's just a, a much different uh, look and feel and mindset to play. So it's, I think it's good to, to get that experience and, and, you know, understanding of, of those type of routes and, and what you have to do out there. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's how thin they are. Wait, how many receiver. do they have? Like five guys? Um, in terms of actual, actually, like guys people. that are actually live, D. Wiggins, Donovan Ali, Chris Scott, uh, Barry Jackson. Is Sterling here yet? Sterling Buckhalter, yeah. I was flipping the page. Ty Perkins. Jair Thomas and Leslie Ando. So, so seven. So eight, and two of those are walk-ons. Walk-ons. Yeah. So real six. I mean, but Leslie Ando's running with the ones in the slot. <laughs> they don't have any slot receivers. Leslie Ando and Barry Jackson. That's uh, that's it for slot receivers. And then you have four outside guys plus the plus Jared Thomas. Well, hopefully Fire. some guys uh, enter the portal. Oh, they they know. Yeah, they're well aware. We we can't. Oh, I know. You're gonna but need hey, two to three. A, 
there's but there's only you know you can only go after what's out there <laughs> right so. i joked that neil meyer from the front office news was going to be uh we suited up on friday ready to go is he a deep threat i mean he's small so <laughs> <laughs> he fits the one that one of the criteria uh jeffrey we just did the count there's like eight and two of them are walk-ons. Um, it's it's a rough room right now. Uh, Ground and pound, baby. They're gonna have to run the ball a lot. Ground and pound. You're gonna you're gonna find out why they have like six guys in that running back room. We're gonna have some because... fa- some fast games. <laughs> is this real life right now? Yes, it is yes. real life. Right, like we are we are live, live from the BCJ studio. Uh, not a, not a lot of, were they just more selective round one of wide receivers in the portal? They were still figuring out that all of their wide receivers were leaving. Like, I, I I don't know, you know, like, yes, they knew it was a a factor. They went out and got a couple, um, but you need more. I mean, they generally a wide receiver room has. 12 13 scholarship wide receivers and right now they have six is this is something that i don't even remember if we've talked about and i was kind of confused on i guess just the way that when when coach satterfield had that press conference and talked about Keyshawn helton i was confused by his wording is he done done or done for the spring um he's done for the spring they're he made hoping it, it, it was like it was very vague. Like he's he made it sound like he was done for the spring, but then it was you could have also taken it as like he, he's just not going to be able to play. They hope he's going to be ready by the start of the season, but even I think that is probably not not likely. That's kind of what I thought too, but it was just, it was weird the way that it was kind of talking. I mean, I'm sure they're hoping that they have, you know, a a chance to get him out there. Yeah. But I'm guessing probably not. (laughs) Just the, the way, look, when they start wording things weird. Yeah. You know, they're talking around something. So, uh, Mitchell, we'll reassess the wide receiver room once spring practice is open. I think if they any, if they can catch any, football, any wide receiver that is not committed somewhere that is in the portal, you can just say is a target. Yeah. No, uh, what level? Main, what level of target? Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> what what's the main cause of the turnovers? Uh, one, it's it's nobody knows each other. You're working with new quarterbacks, and like I said, an entirely outside of Chris Scott an entirely new wide receiver room. So, and and it's not like they had a bunch of time leading up to spring ball to get out there and start chucking the old pigskin around. They didn't have an indoor facility and it's winter in Cincinnati. So that's a lot of it. I do think they're going against a pretty good defense or what should be a pretty good defense and guys that can make individual one-on-one plays. Uh, I also think, 
Ben Bryant really has been limited. Today was kind of the first day he was really back uh, and and going live in the team portion of practice. He had been doing some seven on seven and and one on ones, but um, he's the best thrower on the team, so he hasn't been out there. So uh, th- there's there's a lot of things that go into why the passing game right now is. Uh, stuck at the starting line the wheels are spinning um i so far emory jones has struggled as a passer that's just being 100 percent honest with you guys um he's thrown a lot of the you know the, the picks um lichtenberg has had some drogish has had some they have spread it around but you know new guy new system new wide receivers doesn't know anybody they don't know him uh, and and defensive backs that are able to play the ball presents a problem early in spring game. I wish yep. that wasn't the case, but it is. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. It's also the end of March, so yeah. Um, what are, you got questions for me, Dave? You got, you got things you want to know? Um, I think I mean, like, questions. What uh, what has what have you gleaned? I guess as much as you can from like the offensive line, how those guys are coming together. Differences in in last year to this year. How the running run game has has looked. Who's kind of stood out in in that world? The first team offensive line has looked pretty solid. I mean, again. You're trying to figure out who fits where on a new offensive line. And you're doing so against a defensive line that's insanely experienced and really strong and physical. So that's going to cause some issues. Um, But they've opened up holes in the running game. Now, they've been – there hasn't really been a, like, this is the number one back – they have rotated those guys um, as they should because you have so many of them. And even now, Monty is working back. Hi, Pickle. <clears throat> so you have Kiner, you have Miles Montgomery, you have uh, Ryan Montgomery, you have Ethan Wright, you have Stephen Bird, who's gotten some reps. You have Manny Kobe that's gotten some reps. So you've got a lot of quality at running back, and they've just been kind of spreading the wealth. Uh, as they they get their reps in, um, but that's kind of they've looked. They, there have been some big runs. There have been you can tell this should be a pretty running back friendly system. That should be a system that you know if you can, as long as you can get to the edge, you should be in pretty good shape. Because there should be lanes yeah. uh, as you create space out there. Now, of course, the problem you worry about is that there's no passing game. Sure. Everybody's just going to be standing there waiting to see which which outside gap you run the ball to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I haven't I haven't been overly alarmed in any one way or shape or form with the offensive line. I, I still. I think John Williams is okay at left tackle. I'd I'd love to see them go try to find one in the portal. 
if mm-hmm. you have scholarships that you don't have to use on wide receiver uh, available. But um, I, I like Radosevich a lot at guard. Uh, I like what I've seen from Gerhardt. Um, Tensley has been, <clears throat> D'Artanian Tensley has been pretty effective <clears throat> when he's been in there. And then Philip Wilder has been pretty solid at right tackle so far. Has there been but, any, any like, differentiation between Gerhardt and Radosevich at center? Or they, has it been kind of split? Gerhardt's been there more than Radosevich okay. on the days I've been there. Um, they have, you know, swapped them some. Yeah. But if I had to guess the way that they're eyeing things right now, it's that Gavin starts at center and Radosevich starts at guard. Now, which guard? Depends on that. Don't know yet. Kendra's been out been in and out. Yeah. yeah. So I would guess. Uh, sorry, I'm really tired. I would guess probably Radosevich at right guard, Kandra at left guard, but I mean, I could be wrong on that. Well, yes, Mitchell Kandra's dinged up. It's all right because that's what spring is for is yes. seeing, seeing who, uh, you know, meshes well with who and who feel, you know, a guy might get work at, you know, right guard on the day that you happen to be there. Right. And that's just to see, you know, how it works in case something happens and he doesn't like it. And the next practice he's back at left guard. I mean, right. who knows? That's that's when you figure out, figure those things out. And that's what they have to figure out with, you know, again, a, a fairly thin group, especially at tackle. It's like you kind of have to figure out if, if guys can play either spot because, uh, you know, say something happens – to one and and but then another guy's like i just can't play right i'm the left only like the footwork right the kick steps don't work for me like not everybody not everybody can just line up and go play whatever you know spot you want so <laughs> right it is uh it's definitely the time to figure that all out right now and yeah i, I think they're gonna have one of i mean i this will be a, a learning experience for us, but like, cause I've, I haven't needed to truly study a lot of the big 12 and, and stuff like that yet. But I mean, like their defensive line is going to be one of the better defensive lines in the league. Yeah. So and there's good depth there too. I mean, you know, they're going yeah, up you, against you, a pretty solid group and, and that that'll only help them. I think they're going to be pretty good at, at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Dorian Jones looks very good. Um, he is he is aggressive downhill. And then uh, how the hell do you say his name? Who? Uh, Greziak. Oh, okay. Him and Dorian Jones when they line up next to each other is is impressive looking. And you've got Jack Dingle rotating in. Um, they're they're still a little thin at linebacker, I think, but that right now is more. I think trying to adjust to like the the three the three it's the three down linemen, but it's more of a three four. <clears throat> you know they have 
Mm-hmm. It's I mean, Tyler Gillison has been lined up as an outside edge rusher, like an outside backer. Jamal Williams has been lined up as an outside backer. They're taking a look at a you know whoever they can get in that spot. Kresiak has been in that role, um, so they're they're toying with some things to think see how it kind of all fits. And then you know safety. Morgan Smith wasn't there today. Not sure why he's been there. So I don't think it's a big deal. A lot of times it's class or, you know, commitment, mm-hmm. something going on. Um, but I, I I thought DJ Young looked really good at safety next to threats. That get they're two kind of smaller guys, DJ Young being the transfer uh, DJ from Arizona Taylor, State. Taylor. Or DJ Taylor, sorry, the transfer from Arizona State. Oh, you're fine. You're um, just confuse people. <laughs> I know. I'm my brain doesn't work right now. I'm sorry. Um so that gives you a little bit of added depth at safety. And then, you know, Taj Ward is kind of that that floater. He can play nickel, he can play safety. Um I don't think you necessarily want him on the the outside, but um they needed more depth and safety. So adding DJ Taylor into that mix, I think helps that room considerably. If you've got three guys in uh, threats, Taylor and Smith or Morion Smith that can kind of rotate in there. I think you feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Shepard getting in the two deep. Uh, yes, technically. Like I would say Dominique Perry, as we expected is like the one a or one B to Corleone's 1A. Uh, so they've been splitting, you know, uh, running in and out with the ones. And then Shep has been the main guy with the twos. Um, what else you got, Dan? Uh, how has the uh, field goal kicking looked with some new new faces there? They haven't done a ton of it. I mean, most of it has been um, the Arizona State transfer right um i think he missed one and it might not have been him but there was one that was missed wide left today uh but for the most part it's been okay i mean it's spring ball they're not spending a ton of time place kicking yeah at this point how who did you he looks uh, like he has a good leg who did you speak with today Quarterback day today. Oh, okay. We got Ben Bryant, we got Emory Jones, and we got Brady Lichtenberg. Oh, wow. Now, before everybody gets up in arms, Evan Prater was, he's been dinged up for the past couple practices. And if you're dinged up, you don't talk to the media. If you don't practice, you don't, uh, you don't get the shine, if you will. <laughs> so, uh, not, talk not like it today. Not letting Dragic talk to the media yet, huh? No. Freshman never. No freshman ever talked to the media. Especially in the spring. spring. Yeah. (laughs) No chance. Zero. It's a big kid, man. There was something interesting. Lichtenberg said today he thinks Drogash is the fastest of the quarterbacks. And if that's the case, if I'm Evan, I'm telling him, get on the line. Let's, Let's run. I need to defend my honor. Here in this program, 
If it's not his leg that's bothering him, you got to race Brady Jurgash to prove you're faster than him. That's just a necessity. I don't know, though. What if you lose? Well, I mean, you got to defend your honor at some point. <laughs> so, yeah, we haven't seen much of that in this week. Um, but, like, that, that second team offensive line, Dave. Yeah. Evan Tengestall has been getting a look at guard, who is a yeah. true freshman. Not and and uh, Matt Mason. Yeah, I noticed that one in your practice report the other day. I, I'm not familiar with his work. Uh, he is a redshirt freshman from Ryle High School here in the great metropolis of Northern Kentucky, <laughs> uh, and he has been playing some center. All right, with the twos. That's you have. Two centers essentially with the ones with Radosevich and Garrett, right. one at center, one at guard. So he's really a three, technically. Yeah. But that's things are pretty thin. It's like it's uh Malglin has been hurt, so he's out. So it's been let's see, Cam Jones, uh Matt Mason. Uh, uh, Evan Tangestall and uh, Ethan Green and I think Jonathan Harder mm -hmm. have been your second team offensive line and if you're a head coach that probably at this point in time makes you a little nervous oh, I was agreeing. There's, there's three freshmen there four freshmen there Yeah, three redshirt freshmen and a true freshman uh, as your and obviously again, Kandra is out. So if you if you think you've got five plus Kandra and Cam Jones, then you have seven. But you'd probably like it to be uh, a little deeper than that, just just in case. Yeah, you'd like it to be a little deeper with some older. Uh, more developed guys in right. that depth. Now maybe it's a it's a good thing for the future. Oh, I'm I'm would hope it is. I mean, the, the lack of offensive line recruiting and development can't really get much worse. So right. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping it's a good thing for the future, but you know, I'm also hoping that they somehow make it through spring. Uh, preseason camp in the entire season with not having very, you know, any offensive line issues. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's about all I've got on on spring ball for now. I'm going to have to, at some point in time, finish this write-up, which there wasn't a ton to write up today, just like I said, because they didn't, I'll just tell didn't people go live a lot. Annoy the people that want to read articles by telling them to listen to the podcast. I didn't say much in the podcast either. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's spring ball. Any other questions from you on uh, the first week or two of spring? Not really. Um, it's, you know, I, I take a very... Without, you know, with them not having anything on 
Saturdays. I obviously have not been able to get out there. Uh, I take a very, very, very measured approach to spring. I look at it as a lot of, a lot of just experimentation, a lot of learning, and the results or what is that is exactly happening on from a play to play basis is not something I put a ton of stock in, um, especially given some of the, the things that are going on, you know, whether it's new, you know, lack of wide receivers, whether it's just learning a new system, uh, especially on the offensive side, like I'm, I'll I'll save my uh, my declarations for the for the fall, you know. There's probably gonna be a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean ultimately, Dave, it's sorry, let me get back it, I mean, it is. We know what they're it is. replacing. All they're replacing an offense, like they're almost an entire an offense. offense. And they're also replacing a roster that, as we saw on Twitter from the recruiting department, has had more players drafted the last two years than any team in the Big Twelve, and is going to have. I don't know four, five, five four, five, yeah. six. I mean, I don't, who knows. But another four, five, six guys drafted this year. So yeah. what I mean, what was that number? Like 13? 13, yeah. So you got 13, let's just say it's five more. That's 18 guys in three years, plus plus your key players that have graduated, plus guys that have now tra- transferred. Like it's a major rebuild. We're seeing it in certain positions, especially, but like Nothing that you've talked about or that anybody's written. Like, I'm not surprised by any of it. No, it's pretty expected. Um, Any more practices this week? They're supposed to go Friday. Yeah, that ain't happening. It's probably not happening. I mean, they might have, by the time they get to the spring game, they might have four four additional practices. Unless they go down to like the Bengals thing or something. Yeah, I haven't got the sense that that that's uh, an option on the table for spring. Yeah, maybe they do. I don't know, but the word has been like if there's weather, expect there's a pretty good chance they're not going to go that day. Right. Like that's why they 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 weren't going to go Thursday of last week, but they moved it to Thursday and then canceled Friday because of the weather. Have I talked much with the new OC? I haven't talked much with anyone yet. <laughs> Working on it. I we we did make a new friend on Monday. Uh, who's in who's Nico, that? Nico Palazzetti. Oh yeah. Joined the BBP and was outstanding. If you haven't seen that. Uh, make sure you go watch it because it was really, really good. Um, we're getting there, Natalie. It's uh, it's a slow burn right now. Uh, Again, I, I, it's yeah. all it, you know. It's this. People are either sometimes they're new, they don't know. They you know people like we had the same stuff fixed first year, right? I mean, 
we've we've told you know stories about Brian Mason. Like it wasn't. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. It wasn't just to show up and hi, I'm with Bearcat Journal. Uh, please tell me everything that's going on. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah. It's uh, it's it's a work in progress. We're getting there. I, I'm happy with where things are at. I'm happy with the people we have gotten to like start building relationships with, and like I, I think it's going to be a very good staff to work with, a pretty easy staff to work with. But building relationships has to happen organically. You can't force it. I've talked about that before. Like if you force it there is a much higher chance that the relationship is never going to develop. Well, I mean, just look at this. you've been insufferable the, trying to like build it. From the sense of like, we've had Nico, Coach Satterfield, and Coach Thomas, Thomas. Yeah. within the first, you know. Three months. Three months. We didn't get Denbrock. We got Denbrock once. Uh, and I think that was it. Yeah. In six years to come to, you know, willing to come on. Marcus came on. Mm, The BC, like the actual podcast, or did you do like a kind of a, I don't remember that necessarily. Maybe, maybe he did, but I don't remember. I remember Denbrock. I don't remember Marcus. He did a bunch of stuff. Whether he came on like the specific, like we, Marcus was always open to doing stuff. But you know, but you know um, what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. We're, and we're probably gonna, you know, we're probably gonna have someone on next week if, if we're working on a, one that would make people happy next week as well. Yeah, I, I mean, we're working on something for next week too. So, like, yes, they seem the university, the coaches, they seem very receptive, but it's still a process, you know. I wish it wasn't. I wish it was like just one, two, three. Hey, all right. I mean, Here's I would the new guys would, to replace the old guys. Everybody's everybody's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm sure things will change when we're in season, but I would love to be able to chop it up with Sat like all the time. Right. But he spoke today. I'm working on uploading that. Uh, that whole process has been. A nightmare on my part because I bought a new camera and the new camera. Uh, I got to figure some stuff out, <laughs> and my brain just doesn't work right now. I tried like going through the uh, instructions, Dave, <laughs> and my I just I was like, uh, I might as well have flipped it over and read the Spanish instructions. That's how good my brain was working when I tried to figure the troubleshoot some of the problems I'm having. Yeah. Uh, Natalie, think practice will be canceled due to excessive Reds Pirates traffic? Probably not. I think it'll be okay. I think <laughs> it'll be all right. Um, all right, you got anything else on football, Dave? Uh, let's see. I saw I saw PFF had Coach Brown as the number ten defensive coordinator in the country today. I don't know what they're basing that on, but that's right. cool. Um, what else? Um, I saw that Dane Brugler of The Athletic 
is easily the highest of the draft experts on Tyler Scott. Yeah, that's been that way for a yes, while. Like, he's been number, pretty high on Tyler. Number forty-eighth ranked player overall, wide yeah. receiver number seven. Which, like, I think McShay has Tyler Scott at two fifteen overall. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, which I don't agree with that. I'm not sure I'd have him as high as forty-eight. I think, I think I, I'm feeling pretty comfortable that he will go in the third round. Um, I think he had I think some. That's fair. Sec- I think he had some second round buzz. Uh, I'm not. Maybe he'll get into the back half of the late second. I, I'd feel pretty good saying third. Uh, I mean, you're a top 100 pick, top 100 player, yeah. if that's the case. Um, so, but no, he's uh, Dane put out his newest uh, rankings today. Notice that. Uh, only UC player in his top 100, not not real surprised. But um, we are basically a month away from the draft. So yeah. be good to see some more Bearcats get their, get their names called. It's funny. I was talking to Jabari today, Taylor, and he wasn't real happy with how he ran. And he said he, he felt like, and I've heard this from a couple guys, that you know, the, the, the indoor facility for the Bengals is new. Very and generally very when, when turfs are new, they're slick. Cause they haven't, the, the rubber hasn't settled. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a little, like when you're doing the cone drills and. And they're, and one, they're soft, they're in their soft. soft and there's yeah. Like it's, it's not easy to get great footing. Yeah. Get in and out of your breaks. And he said he felt like, you know, he didn't have a great, like not up to the standard he was expecting showing. And then he met with teams and they're like, you you look great. And he's like, well, I slipped. And they were like, I didn't notice that you slipped. And it's funny just how like, yeah. In a player's mind, what is considered, because again, this is everything for them. Everything is riding on it. So if you feel like, like, like you had one cleat that didn't grab and your foot gave out for like a 10th of a second, in the player's mind, it's catastrophic. But the teams see that at every workout for every player that right. they are in contact with. I was I was floored by Trey's agility numbers. I'm not. That dude's a, his he's a quick twitch. They were terrible. Freak. Oh, really? They were the worst of any anybody at UC's pro day. Anybody, really? any player, any position. I didn't dig that far into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like why? Like Wiley's running faster three cone and short shuttles. Maybe he, his feet slipped. It was very, very, very odd because I would never would have guessed that that would be. I mean, you can run. You know, they let you run it like. Until you feel like comfortable, yeah. Um, no, it was, it was very strange when I saw his <laughs> uh, his full Raz sheet and the <laughs> three cone and short shuttle were red. I was like, wait, what? And then I'm starting. Then I'm looking at the actual numbers. I'm like, oh my god, this is slower than like Huber, slower than Wiley. Yeah, that doesn't look right. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an in- interesting. That doesn't look right. No. Um, 
So uh, I think we can we can we can put a bow on football there unless you have anything else. No, I, I'm good. Um, I'm workshopping something for radio tomorrow, Dave. Oh, am I like your uh, your guinea? You're kind of my my test subject because I think you'll have I think you'll have interesting thoughts on this that I I'm not sure where I'm all the way going with it yet. <laughs> well, you should probably figure that out before you bring it up as a radio topic. I know that's why I'm doing it now. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I've been thinking a lot about this fan base and how much it feels like it needs to see a psychiatrist about this big 12 move. Like everybody is freaking out about everything at every second, everything you hear or read is not ready, not ready, not ready, not ready, not ready, not ready. I'm the worst person for you to workshop this with because I'm not freaking out about anything. Can I finish the rest of the thing? (laughs) The rest of my, my thought. So, um, that was where I was originally thinking about going with a with a with a considerable topic tomorrow because I'm counter programming to opening day. Right. So I, you got to come with something that I, I can't talk Reds because the people that are interested in the Reds, you know what they're going to be lis- doing? Listening to the Reds or, or watching, watching the, the Reds. Reds. Right. Like that's what they're going to be doing. So I, I've been trying to like workshop this in my head. I called Mo on Sunday while I was at my daughter's volleyball tournament not while she was playing mind you um they do this what, thing and what a great day dave. good good job no you know what they do in volleyball dave they make the kids work during like the, con- the tournament like the concession stand and stuff no like the, their line judges. oh they're like, like okay yeah they do the scoreboard they score they do that's, the line that's smart they're, you like, don't need to you don't need to find a bunch of volunteers right right and, so they, you and, have, they, and they know the rules or they should. So. Right. so they hire the 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 main official. Ref, yeah. Ref, yeah. And then they make the 12-year-old girls ref or like do everything else, which is kind of brilliant, like you said. But I'm going to go to these events and uh, buy some, some line judges, get some under-the-table betting going. <laughs> um, but it, it forces the parents. Also, we had the ultimate. I thought I thought I was gonna like have a a dad explosion, Dave. In her last game, so they 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 won their pool. They swept all their games on Saturday. They were the five seed. They played the four seed Sunday morning, um, in the like the quarterfinals, and they lost like at the very very like third set tiebreaker whatever so they go into the the like the fifth place game and if they won the fifth place game we get to go home and if they lose the fifth place game we have to stay for them to work an extra hour and a half oh yeah right and they won and i've never been more proud as a parent in my entire life I wanted to take. There was a Cold Stone Creamery in the 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 the, the place, and I yeah. wanted to take the whole team to Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> except that would have taken an hour, right, and I would have still 
<laughs> you would have been in the same spot you would have been right they would have so i was like look i owe you all next next volleyball road trip for getting us on the road and the hell out of here um but anyway so I, I call mo and i'm trying to like workshop this in my head about why everybody's on edge why everybody is losing their shit over Cincinnati's not going to be ready. Cincinnati's not going to be ready. In my mind, and I think you would agree with me here, Cincinnati's changed conferences, what, eight times? A bunch. What's always happened, Dave? They've they always it. figured it out. They suck at first, and then they figure it out. They've always figured it out. Yeah. When the resources and the planning, the only time I really remember that, like, they were day one ready was the great Midwest, and that's because that wasn't a conference. Right. It was, and it was basketball only, and it was a bunch right. of teams coming in together that were already generally in the same situation. It wasn't a, a step up, right? Jo- joining a group of teams that had been used to something, and you were now going to have to try and get to their level. Everybody was coming in at the same level, right? It wasn't like that conference was comprised of UC, Marquette, DePaul, and then. Duke, Kentucky, like, you know, it was all right. relatively similar, right. uh, yes. you know, programs and schools. Um, But somebody mentioned something today that, that got me thinking, and I, this is why I wanted to talk to you about it, because I think this is, this is right up your alley as a diehard NFL guy. Mm-hmm. And it said, one of the issues leaking into college sports and i don't know that it's an issue i just think it's it's change as that college sports has now gotten closer and closer to the pro model where everything is transactional so the season starts and after two weeks if somebody's struggling they can leave that guy's and that guy's got to go we we gotta we gotta go in the portal and and it, it, that guy gotta get him out of here. Yeah, because bench that guy and go find another guy in the when the season's over. Right, and as I was workshopping it today in my head, a lot of it is because in my mind, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The NFL has mastered twenty four seven. It is all year. There is never a time when the NFL is not relevant. Cool. And fans, this is like this has been the NFL thing for what, five, six years now? Where really they found a way to turn free agency into the draft, into OTAs. Into- yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say it's been, you know, I wouldn't go as far as say ten years. So yeah, maybe like five, five six, six, seven years. Five, six, seven years when the when the combine really started to blow up, and they, there you go, and they really started, you know, because you'd have you'd have the Super Bowl back five, six years ago would always end like the very beginning of February, and then the combine would be three ish weeks later. Then free agency started in mid March. Then you'd have then you'd have the schedule release the week or so before the draft. Now I think it's after the draft, but then the draft is in April, the end of April. 
your rookies show up, you do some like OTA stuff in in you know May, you get the whole team together a couple weeks after that. You basically have the end of June through July off, and then boom, you're at training camp, end of July, season starts Labor Day. Week yeah. after Labor Day. Yeah. Um so now fans are going to expect that out of all their teams. Like Reds fans expect it. All, like, what's going on in the minors? What's going on? Like, who's going to be on the forty-man roster? It's not as much, but of course, the baseball offseason really is the the heart of the NFL season, and then spring training starts. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of the Super Bowl, spring training is is begun, right? For baseball, so they don't really get that down window that the other sports get. But when you talk about like like college football, it's getting there, right? End of the season, coaching carousel, first signing day. Now, the second signing day is the biggest joke in all of sports right now because it doesn't right. exist. They might as well get rid of that because it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, but then spring football, then the second transfer portal. What is What does that mean for teams? Like college football is getting there, and, and now we're seeing it in basketball as well. And success is defined now in a lot of ways, not by what you're doing, but by how many transactions you make. Well, Did we I make enough it, transactions? I think it, to me at least, this is this might just be me. I think it is heavily, heavily tied to the transfer portal in the sense of. Even when Mick was here, like college basketball as a whole, college football as a whole, like you you had a long time to understand who you're who was going to make up your roster from year to year. Like very inf- very infrequently did players truly transfer. It happened, but not often. Right. So so you knew. Like if you, if we're talking about like a Mick team, you knew going from one year to the next, like these are the seniors that are leaving, these are the freshmen that are coming in. None of these guys are going to transfer out, and none of these other guys are probably going to go pro early. So there were so, no transactions to be right enamored so, with. So, and you also just, but you you just knew what you were, you knew what to expect. Yeah. Now, you. You don't know what to expect because players have the freedom to move freely. And so it puts some fans, I would imagine, on edge because they're wanting these things to happen quickly because they see them happening in other places quickly without having an understanding of the intricacies of those programs. So you you inherently are like, well, if we're not doing things now, we're, we're falling behind. And right. You know, we have to stay up. So when we all these other teams are getting guys in the portal. Why are we not getting guys in the portal? Like we're we're losing out on our opportunities. Um we're like for me, I'm not freaking out because I don't know who the hell is like we'll just use basketball for instance. How can I possibly say whether how good or bad we're going to be in the Big Twelve if I have no idea who is going to be on the damn team? Right. I mean, here's the thing. What we're predicting <laughs> is that 
that at five or six new players on the roster next year. We don't know. We know who three of those players are going to be. We don't know who two or three of those players are going to be. We don't exactly specifically know who's not going to all the way be here. Um, It's the unknown puts people on edge. Right. And they want transactions because it feels like, and this is the thing that people probably need to look at. Look at how many teams have added quote unquote impact transfers. It's like three, like the, the transactions are happening on one end. They right. haven't it, happened on the other end yet. Right. And I, and I think it's just, it, it's the old, you know, home Springs eternal. Like you see teams, whether, you know, Kansas state basketball this year is, is pro is the outlier is the exception 10 new guys and then has a great season after being picked to finish last yeah and most but, of those guys this fan base would have lost their fucking mind if if they had added those guys in the transfer right. portal. i'm just using them as the example <laughs> no 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 of, they're a perfect example because they were outside the box dave they didn't add people that were yeah, at the top added, of anybody they added 10 list. guys and were still picked to finish last right so Everybody who thinks they know what the hell they're talking about didn't think that they added very good players. Now, come to find out, for whatever reason, it came together and and they they had a, a, a pretty darn good season and then an excellent tournament. But well, the one guy that they added that was an impact guy was at one time the SEC preseason player of the year, and then he died on the court. Right. But my That's- my point. My point no, being, that, though, that 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 makes it even more closer to your point. Like we had no clue Keontae Johnson was going to be SEC Player of the Year. Keontae Johnson, right? Yeah, I'm just I'm adding like, to your point. Well, no, but it's it's that whether it's in football, like with TCU, Michigan's even done a really really good job using the portal, um, very selectively. You, you see, right, you see teams that can make that bigger jump. Maybe it's not the jump that Kansas State made all the way to the Elite Eight. But sure. But you see teams grab whatever the number is, and they can instantly improve their chances of from, you know, where they were at the very end of their season to what – what their expectations are going into the next season when before like you had an older team you didn't ha- you didn't have pros but you were really good and you added some freshmen who weren't going to play so you right. knew like we're just relying on the older guys to be better you know for us to be better now it's like shit we can get three dudes that started at other same level, lower level, better level programs come in here and we can instantly be much better or instantly go from first weekend to final four or in, almost instantly go from NIT to Sweet 16. So I think when fans see that, they want to be a part of that. They don't want that to pass them by, even though nothing is passing anybody by right now. Like you said, like, Right now, it's just everybody going into the portal. No one's really made a decision on. You're not missing out on anything. It's not like there's ten point guards that we want, and nine of them or eight of them have picked where they want to go to school. I was I was talking to a coaching friend of mine, try, like 
I try to get outside perspective on some of this so that I'm not like living just in this, this bubble. And they said, you know what's happening right now is speed dating. Is really? everybody's like just talking to whoever will talk to them. And then if they think that player is even remotely close to like their level, they talk, well, hey, will you, would you be willing to do a Zoom? And then they do a Zoom. And that kid is probably doing 12 Zooms in like a three-day window. Yeah. And it, it literally is speed dating. You're just, boop, it pops up. Hey, what's up? Steve Thomas from, you know, uh, the Missouri Valley champion. Big state you. Yeah, big, little, medium state you. Hey, Steve Thomas from medium state you. I'm such and such coach at such and such university. Uh, this is my staff. They're here on the screen with me. Uh, that's Joe and that's Frank and that's Ted. And uh, we're going to sit here and we're going to spend 45 minutes with you speed dating. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have... You have to have some some blind faith, some trust in who your coach and your staffs are, that they're focusing on the the right guys that can make an impact for you. But I mean, I I think part of it too is just it's it's in football, it's the whole staff overhaul. And stepping up a level. Like if Fickle and those guys were still here, there would be no panic about going to the Big 12. I think there would be. I, I mean, I I don't know why. Um, um like I, because they were pretty middle of the road, AC AAC last they year. They would have been in the conference championship if they beat Tulane. I wouldn't say that was middle of the road. But they weren't dominant. They didn't. They didn't run through the conference. What? Because they had lost all their good, like a lot of their good players. From okay. <laughs> so why wouldn't you have been concerned about Luke Fickle going into the Big Twelve next year? They had lost what? all their good players I, the year before. Concerned about like winning the Big Twelve, or concerned about like competing and 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 not falling flat on your face, like. If you're, if this fan base was freaking the fuck out about everything the entire season, Dave. Those people are not people that I associate with. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to say that. Like, the people you communicate with on Twitter are not the people that I communicate with on the Bearcat Journal Twitter. Because I don't. Well, I'm talking about anybody. people on, on Bearcat Journal, on the message board. Yeah, I ignore them. Until you go into the basketball and fucking. Hey, when you're right, you're right. But anyway. We'll see if you're right. Anyhow. Uh, (laughs) The basketball side of it, I understand more. So because like the Big 12 is just, I mean, you can't necessarily say year to year. It's going to be like it was this year. But, you know, I I can understand that freak out a little bit more because it's like, well, we finished middle of the road in the AAC. No. And we're now, now we're wrecked. What do you mean? They, they were, were the, one injury from being third. They were the five seed of 11 teams. No. That's literally the middle seed. of the road. They were the four seed. And without Vic getting hurt, they're the three seed. 
Okay. And we're going to play that without a guy getting hurt the game? Well, yeah, because they were up 20 in that game and the guy gets hurt. That That is what would have gotten you to the three seed, was winning okay. that one game. Okay. The, losing one game does not take you from top of the conference to average. That's not how it works. Okay. Were they they were the only two teams in the conference they weren't better than were Houston and Memphis. They were better than everybody else. All right. You clearly disagree with that, but okay. I'm not necessarily disagreeing or agreeing, but I mean they were better than Tulane. Do you think they were better than Tulane? They beat Tulane here, they had Tulane dead to rights there, and then they lost Vic and Tulane beat there. Memphis twice. What's that have to do with UC? They beat the team UC. I saw UC against Tulane. UC was better than Tulane. Okay. Either way. It's neither here nor there. I know. We're just arguing to argue at this point. I'm not. You are. (laughs) I I just think you're – you need to – like, I'm sure fans are thinking, like, okay, if you're going to have two or three spots, you better hit. You better hit. Yes. Not like not home runs. These have to be grand slams. Every no, single one of them. No, they yes, don't. They, they were a top team. fifty team, Dave. If this was, if they were one hundred and thirty seventh in RPI and Net and Ken Palm, yeah, sure, they were top fifty in so almost you're, every. You're going to tell me that if Landers does not come back and without Dave, do we, do we know that? No, I'm, I'm saying if. Okay. If he doesn't come back. What if and he does? Without, if he does, then yes, you probably don't need to. No, you need two Big 12 starter level transfers on this roster. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, yes. Like, there's there's no argument for me on that front. You have to add two so, starting like, level until, Big 12 players in the portal. Like, I'm going to take it, you know, day by day and not freak out about it because I don't usually do those things. Other people won't until they see it. So I under I'm not saying that I agree, but I I understand. West Virginia was was not a great basketball team this year. They won seven yeah. games in the Big Twelve and they made right. the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Oklahoma State was right almost on par with Cincinnati in every metric. They won eight games in the Big Twelve. The reason that Oklahoma State wasn't in the tournament is because they lost to UCF and Virginia Tech in the regular season. Guess who beat UCF twice and Virginia Tech once? Cincinnati was absolutely on par with Virginia or with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State won eight games in the Big 12. Yes. So that's me saying I don't get there is this sense of doom that this is going to be a two-win team in the oh, Big 12 next year. I don't I don't believe that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to make any predictions. Like I said 10 minutes ago, I don't even know who's on the team. Right, of course. We'll talk about that once we have a better feel like, for Tell me who's the on the like. team, and I will tell you how good I think they will be. Like, how do you – how can you possibly – like, but that is just what – fans are and that is just what 
you know. Do you think there's legs to the fact that it's just everything has become transactional? It's become <clears throat> I've talked about this in a sense yes, in a couple you ways can... with video games. Video <laughs> games are transactional. Everybody wants their team to be uh their their version of a video game. Yes, I know because, what like, do. I, I look at it like I, you know me, I follow the Bengals very closely in free agency and the draft and how much consternation and losing right. of minds has happened over the last two weeks because they didn't sign a tight end who wasn't going to be expected to play very much if they you know got their tight end one in the draft and a backup running back. Like Everything now has become a line on a spreadsheet, a dollar amount on a cap, a, a salary cap, talking it from a Bengals standpoint. And every fan thinks they're now a salary cap expert. Right, where it's like, let's just sign someone to fill a spot. Let's not take into account if that person is actually good at football or not. Um, but no, the, the trend, yes, it has become that way in college because fans see it as instant ways to fix problems where before you couldn't really do that you had to hope that freshmen were developed you had to hope that sophomores took jumps to be seniors now you can just go you know these three guys that aren't playing that much they're going to leave and we can instantly replace them with hopefully three players that are better but here's the problem fans far more often than not the things that they see as problems, the team they root for doesn't see that as a problem. Like the fans see it as, oh my God, if we don't do this, if we don't get a, if we don't re-sign Von Bell and and Jesse Bates gets away, the Bengals are fucked at safety. Like <laughs> it's it's the worst. Like it's it's terrible. We can't. Yes. We're not going to ever recover if they don't get one of those two guys back in the fold. Right. And then they go out and they get a young, hungry safety from a Super Bowl championship team. And all of a sudden, oh, huh. Well, but I'm also not, I'm also not, I'm not ever, I'm not going to blame them for that because I'm not either. I'm just talking about the why, the why that this is happening. Not, I don't think it's wrong. I don't blame fans for being fanatical. It's, it's in the word. Like, I understand it, but. I think it's interesting to look at like this shift. Why is happening? I think I think part of it from a like for me personally from a basketball standpoint only because it's the, the the seasons are not set up the same way. But like, and there's obviously extenuating circumstances. I mean, one season didn't even there wasn't even a tournament. You see, maybe was probably going to make it. We don't know 100. percent um, But like. It's it's we're in the tournament right now. Like fans want to be back in the fucking tournament. Like, I just I looked sure. it up. I looked it up before we got on this call. You know, March twenty whatever two thousand nineteen was the game when they lost to Iowa. Like, for UC fans, that is a long time. That is not acceptable. So you're like. You're already on edge. You're watching the tournament. You're like, damn it, we need to be in there shit, the Big 12 is super hard. Like, I don't think we're going to be awful, but are we going to be good enough? And then if we don't make it, then that's your three of West and your six, five, whatever you want to count it, of not being in the tournament. So what does that mean? For the, like, 
it's just an uncomfortable place to be after you've been very accustomed to not winning in the tournament, but you had a pretty damn good idea when the first game started in November, what the where you were going to be in March for 20, 25 years in a row? Well, uh, Huggins from was from, from 92, 92 to, to with, with some with a, the break in there when Mick, you know, first yeah. started, but, yeah. but you know what, you know what I mean? Um, so I just, I just think, you know, that is part of the, the thought process too, of yeah. like, we need to get the guys cause we want to get back and, you know, and I don't disagree with that. Like, yeah, I want to get the dudes too. Now, <laughs> whether you get them tomorrow or April 15th or April 29th doesn't matter to me if they're the right guys and they make the impact that we all hope they make when they are brought in is inconsequential. Yeah. Agreed. And as a coaching staff, you have to worry a lot about, about a lot more than can this guy come in and score 15 points a game? It's also, is this guy going to come in and screw up what we've spent two years trying to it's way I, I don't envy it. them at all. Hell no. Like, think of just think of it like we're gonna call it old times. You brought in three freshmen, they didn't play. Guess what? Those three guys did the next year. They came right back. They were sophomores. <laughs> they were maybe sophomores. one of them left. But, maybe one of them left. I mean it, it, they weren't but, good enough. Or like clearly right, it wasn't. But it wasn't work. because they weren't playing. Right. You know, it was because they realized like, yeah, this isn't I'm not, you know. I probably am not going to like all those guys that Mick brought in for how many years? Like he very rarely had anybody leave the program that he didn't tell to go Look, kick rocks. In this day and age, Justin <laughs> Jennifer would have been ran off. Trey Scott would have been ran off. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that like kind of developed oh, yeah. later in their career. Uh, Rashad Bishop might've been ran off. Because he, he was he was playing, but he wasn't like a major factor, or like yeah. he wasn't putting up a bunch of points and numbers. Um, it, it's Deion Dixon might have said, you know what, I'm out of here. And these are all guys that were parts of teams. Keith Williams probably would have left early in his career when he was stuck behind Jaron and Jake and. Troy and Key or Troy and um, uh, Kevin and and Kane and and like yeah, yeah. it's a yes, different it's time. A, it's, it's very much like I think the reason people get any certain way is because the opportunity for change is is is, is, is there this window to be had much sooner. Like you didn't, if you brought in freshmen before and they just had a normal freshman year, maybe they played five minutes a game or 10 minutes a game and they averaged three points and one rebound. You didn't say like, we got to get rid of that guy. You're just like, oh, well, hopefully he, you know, he was a freshman. Well, there was, there was, there was, there was a a, a bench freshman, rotation, sophomore, starter, junior, star, senior. Like that, that's. That was the 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 steps, the stairs mm-hmm. that you were supposed to climb. Yeah. Unless you were awesome. Yeah. And I'm I'm not like I think some I think sometimes, you know Justin Jackson, there's another one. 
you know, like I, I am, you know, we've talked about it and I, you know, I've made some opinions known on the, on the board. Like I'm more so of looking at like, you've been here like five, five years or whatever. Like I'm not talking about like a, a first or even a second year guy. You know, I, I do not agree with that. I I'm not a fan of, of like the stuff that even before the portal, I mean, the stuff Chris Mack was doing at Xavier. Right. When he had seven man recruiting classes, when you had, when transfers had to sit out. <laughs> not wrong. Not wrong. Pickles but, is heavy. Pickles is all about the, the oh, basketball talk tonight. She's, she's been, uh, yeah, she's wanting her, her camera time. <laughs> but no, I mean, it puts, it puts coaches in a tough spot. I mean, you're we've talked about it. You're recruiting your own guys just as much as you're recruiting new guys. Yeah. You know. But but there also becomes like the thing that you're talking about is running off the guys that are the ones that are part of the culture you've established. They know what practice is all about. They know what the daily like this is Part of what made those those steps possible, Dave, bench, rotation, starter, star. Yeah, but like are the many... guys that were there to lead them through that 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 worked like Gary Clark led Trey Scott through three years of nothingness. Now you're not saying to run off Gary Clark, but then like by his by his redshirt junior year. Trey had a good, not great year. Yeah. Your philosophy would have been to tell Trey Scott, it's time to go. And we're going to go get better than you and younger than you in the portal. And then Trey Scott came in and lost his fucking mind as a senior and did things that none of us ever thought humanly possible from Trey Scott. But he was also, yes, but he was also a starter. The, per, the the people I'm talking about are you we talked last week are great glass in case of emergency. Uh Odio Guama started. I'm not talking about him. Micah Adams Woods has started almost more games than anyone in Cincinnati basketball history. Well, that's because he's played seven years. Hey, hey, <laughs> you just said you're talking about the you're talking, you're not talking about starters. But you said he's not he's he's not Jeremiah Davenport. Has started like sixty games as a Cincinnati Bearcat. Yeah, that's like not even close to a you know the top fifty in program history. It's way. I mean, he started for three and a half years, two and a half. Like he started a ton of games. You can't. You're putting the emphasis on a different syllable now. No, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, just, know, gave I, know. You, I just gave you Trey Scott, right. who at the end of his junior year. End of his junior year. I'm talking about end of redshirt junior year. I'm talking end of redshirt senior year. No, regular senior year, fourth year in the program. Okay. We'll we'll make a bet off offline, and then I will guarantee you I will win. But no, it's not about making a bet. It's yes, about it Trey Scott as a junior. Uh 9.3 points a game, 
seven rebounds a game in 30 minutes. Okay. So yeah, and people was- would have said in today's day and age, he's had four years in the program. He hasn't scored in double digits. He can't shoot the three. Um, he's he's rebounding okay, but he doesn't block shots. He's not a rim protector. Um, you have he, he to take into account the roster as a whole, not just read a stat line. Okay. What, what was he expected to do? And what, what was he expected to do then the next year? Uh, he wasn't expected to do what he did. I can tell you that. That was that team had Jaron, Keith, Justin, Kane, Nizier. And then Rashawn Fredericks, Trevor Moore, Logan Johnson, Mamadou, Eliel, Sam Martin, and John Koss. Okay. We're just not going to agree on this. Like, I don't think Mike Adams was as good enough to play in the Big 12 and 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 make an impact on the team. And you did. And I'm saying so, there were people that looked at that that that, that's that right. team and said Trey was not good enough to play in the AAC to to stay on the roster if in the transfer portal era. Let's go get somebody better because that's transactional. We need to go get somebody better than a guy in his fourth year in the program that can only put up nine and six. What's he possible? How much better can he possibly get? What's he going to do as a senior that's any better than what we've seen from him in his four years in the program? Okay. Those were the arguments. Like that in the tra- it wasn't a transfer portal era. But in the transfer portal era, that would have been the argument on getting rid of Trey Scott. And there would have been an argument on getting rid of Nizier Brooks as well. We don't need to get into that. (laughs) See? See? I'm having fun with it now. Like, I'm not – like, but you get my point. Like, that's what I I think people have to be careful of is – there is still a need. Look at these teams that are in the final four. They they have guys that are rotation core guys that are helping them get over the hump as they supplement around them with better players at the top of the roster. I'm not opposed right. to having the middle of the roster be guys that have blood, sweat, and tears, 60 starts for your program. And if that's the... And my point is, if that's the middle of your roster, you're not going to be good enough. Then you don't know Big 12 rosters. I think I have a fairly good idea. You know the top of Big 12 rosters. Well, when we get some top of Big 12 roster players, then we'll talk. Because we don't have any of those right now. That's Yes, they do. Landers Nolly, Victor Lockin. No, Victor Lockin is not a top of the Big 12 roster player. Okay, if he continues... Victor Lockett, people wanted him in the transfer portal last year at this point in time. You're saying if he improved, I'm saying right now. Of course, anybody could become a top. Why wouldn't I expect the guy to improve? He's a college basketball player. That's what they do from, we just spent time talking about bench player, rotation player. Starter, star. We have, like you, uh, you acknowledge that and agreed with that. Not everybody. That's the goal. That's the hope. Not everybody does that. Bearcat twelve. I, it, it's entertainment. We're we're doing a podcast. 
This is what you do. You talk about what's happening. If, if every player followed that trajectory, no one would ever transfer and every team would be good. <laughs> or you'd be FAU and you'd be playing in the final four right now. But they can't even the say freshman. that because they have soft, like a bunch of sophomores and juniors, so they haven't even followed that trajectory yet. But the middle of their roster is guys that are blood, sweat, and tears on that program. The top of the roster yeah. is different. You also like blood, sweat, and tears only takes you so far if you're not talented. Like I can so, get out. Th- I can so, get out there. So and- how? So how the fuck did FAU end up with talented? Sophomores and juniors. They recruited them and developed them just like anybody else did. Dan Skillings, Josh Reed, Jizzle James, Raymond Josh, Griffith. Yeah, Josh Reed. We have no idea what Josh Reed is. I know because he didn't really get to play. He should have redshirted, but John Newman got hurt. Right. So you can't can, you can't include him. You have no He's idea. He's on the team. I can't include him. I just did. You don't get to tell me. I don't get to tell you what you want. You don't get to tell me what I want. You have, we have no idea if he's going to be good or not. I just want to drop this bomb that if Vic would actually enter the transfer portal, he would end up on a Big Ten team 1,000%. Yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> just saying. You argued that he wasn't P5, Big 12. No. I, he's certainly Big 12. but Top of the Big 12, I have to see that. Okay. We're going to. Yeah. Go look at Vic's biggest games. I, I had this argument already with – one person. You want me to go through it with you, Dave? Not, not really. Okay, but I'm gonna yeah. anyway. Well, I'm then I'm gonna get off here because I'm not interested in discussing it. <laughs> You're not it? interested in discussing how wrong your point is. I, I don't care what which games he had the best games in. Huh? <laughs> it's not interesting to me for you to read stat lines off the internet. I'm just like very basic. His best games were against Arizona, 17 and where's the rebounds at on this game? 17 and 5. Uh Xavier, 16 and 8. Uh Houston, 16 and 6. Did we win any of those uh, games? Who, who gives a fuck, Dave? The point is, Victor Lockin's not a top-of-the-roster talent, and against every best team that Cincinnati played, Vic put up a big stat number until he got hurt. You don't get to quit. You don't get to keep changing, the, like moving the fucking goalposts. He scored over 10 points uh, three times in the last one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, he nine, got hurt. Nine games. He blew out his ankle and fought through it and kept playing. Because this team needed it. Like, give me a break. You know better than that. That's a bullshit fucking... Like, you know that the guy played the end of the season hurt. Yeah. I'm giving you the games when he was healthy. When he scored 15 to 20 points against every good team that they played. And had 7 to 10 rebounds. You're not arguing in good faith. All right, that's the end of the podcast. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ podcast. Well, I, I guess right I guess here on Bear, what? I guess we're done. I you're not arguing in good faith. I I'm not arguing at all. You you said he's not good enough to play at the top of the Big Twelve, and I just gave you the numbers against 
Xavier, Arizona, Houston, Memphis. Like, and you, you very openly had no interest in those numbers because they proved that against high-end competition, Vic could play. Okay. I need to see more. That's not having a good faith discussion. Okay, if you say so. I mean, he, he's shown it against teams that are top 20 in Ken Palm, top 20, like top five seeds, top three seeds in the NCAA tournament. He's played really, really well. That's just you wanting to say, I don't believe this team has enough talent. So even though he's shown it, I don't believe okay. it. Okay, I'll give you him. Who else? Vic Landers. You need two more. And then you hope one of the okay. point guards works. What happens if what happens if Landers leaves? I we'll see. Then you go get a third. And you're that third is going to be available in June. I think the coach will know more before June what's okay. going to happen. With May, Landers. probably April, because he'll start getting the feedback on what his value is. That's the thing. Like you, just because fans don't know, you think. Wes isn't going to be talking to Landers. Oh, I'm sure he will. Throughout this process, it might not, we might not know a decision until May, but Wes is going to know where Landers stands and whether he needs to replace him or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the job of a coach. Sure. Okay. I'm just, I'm not as high on the overall talent level that you, as you are. That's fine. If they were bad, they would not be a top one. They would not be a top fifty team on every metric if this team was as bad as the people think that they are. Right? Uh, I'm 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 not gonna uh, sing a new tune if they get a new guard that plays shitty. Then he'll sing the tune that Wes should have got a better fucking guard. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, it's not hard. Like I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know where. Like, like I understand dudes that commit and stay and deal with the coaching change and, like, I understand the loyalty that you want to have. To, not you personally, fans want to have to certain players. Like, I get it, but like, let's not pretend that some of these guys were that they weren't even top three team AAC players. So let's not pretend. That like nobody can come in and possibly be better than them. But you have to find people willing to come in and be middle of the roster guys. Because that's what you're if you're if you're they're moving on. Okay. You you already have two or three spots that you're gonna fill the top of the roster. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're gonna create two or three more spots, then you have to find guys willing to come in and be 15 to 20 minute a game guys. And then be certain that you're not going to miss and that you're going to know what role they fill. Yeah. That's that's why you make X amount of dollars to figure all that out. Uh, okay. I, I you, you don't hold the Bengals to the same standard. The, they're not. You can't even compare the two. Okay. I, I just did. You can, well, you can't because one works under a salary cap and, and pays everybody do, actual dollars and has oh, like there's actual dollars involved in, in college basketball. Okay. 
Yes. Do you think NIL isn't determining where guys go? Of course it is. Okay. Then actual dollars are determining. You also have to have the NIL to get these middle of the roster guys after you've paid the two or three top of the roster guys that you want. Now you're out of NIL and you're replacing known quantities for unknown quantities that that you can't afford in the free agent market. All right. Um, I guess I'm wrong. Am I wrong? I guess, I guess I'll just shut up and take, you know, a dude that just is does not impress me and, you know, whatever. It's fine. Does a dude, how many guys that play 14 minutes a game impress you? He doesn't play 14 minutes a game, Chad. I know, but if you add – we've already talked about the goal is to have two to three top-of-the-roster players. And then you have – Vic, who's still here, and Landers, if he's back. Now you have four or five top of the roster players. There's only so many minutes. And now you're talking about replacing any, like if you run off of Micah, you're going to have to replace his spot on the roster with that that's not a top of the roster guy, that's a middle of the roster guy. Right? Or if you run off Odie, I've seen people – it got lesser as the season went on. Well, Odie but, announced to John Rothstein that he was coming back tonight. I know, but there are people <laughs> that are like, get rid of Odie. No, I've, I do, I'm not in that camp whatsoever. But people were in that camp for four months this season. And then Vic got hurt, Odie stepped up and filled the void, and now everybody wants Odie to stay. John Newman. People want to run off John Newman. Um. I'm nervous about that one. Uh, how can you not be? He's been hurt a couple times. But if he's on the roster, he's a guy that's proven at the ACC level that he can play. Has he not? Yeah. I mean, he proved here last year that he could play before he got hurt. Yes. So if you're... <laughs> If you're asking him to be a 17-minute-a-game night, I got it. <clears throat> And now you run him off. You have to replace him with a 17-minute-a-game guy. That's proven to be a high-major defender. I guess a I'm, great just, locker room I'm, still, guy. I'm still trying to figure out where he's getting 17 minutes a game. If you're bringing in two point guards. John Newman? No, I'm talking about Micah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about. Well, I, the question right now, until they answer it, hopefully through the portal, is who plays the two consistently on this roster. Landers is a three or a full, like more of a three. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, I mean, they they have to have someone that. They need a two. Spaces the floor and can play 30 minutes and shoots 40-ish percent from three. Right. Because there's no shooting on this team as of now. If Landers comes back, you have a shooter. If Landers comes back, yes, he had a great year shooting. So, you know. He's a great shooter. He's had a great year shooting pretty much everywhere. Dan, Dan will see. I think he can be better. Um, you know. Obviously. His numbers were obviously hurt by starting the season, what, over 12? Well, and he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a freshman. I mean, yeah. who, who knows what you go from freshman to sophomore year. I mean, Micah. But you're, he, you're adding Jizzle and Day Day that we don't know. Especially in year one, for sure, what they're going to shoot it. For sure, they're downhill guys. They but that's why have, you need. That's why you need even more of a. Yeah. 
And that's, I think, where I come from on my thing with Micah is if you're now going to shift to having your likely two main point guards be downhill guys and not spacing the floor horizontally, who are they going to kick the ball to? You know, it's also shown to be a very good spot up shooter in his career at Cincinnati. Who? Mike Adams Woods. Uh, he's been a very inconsistent shooter uh, in his career. He was, he was a very good spot up shooter this year. He wasn't good off the dribble, but he hit a lot of threes off the on catch and shoots this year. Yeah, well. As a backup to come in and stand in a spot and shoot a three. He's not a terrible option. Is Sam, he a terrible option? Sam, Samuel brings up my point exactly. I do know exactly what I'm going to get, and I don't think it's good enough. That's my damn point this whole time. He's a fifth, like fourth going into fifth year guy. He's I know what I'm getting. Like yeah. that's my point. So does the coaching staff. I know they seem and to if, be okay with it. If that's that's fine. They know way more than I do, but I'm. But we have a podcast. The belief is, and I'm paid millions of dollars to give my opinion. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm going to give my opinion. <laughs> oh man, uh, why not have Day Day and Jizzle be the one and two? No, because uh, neither of them are really outside shooters. That 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 is even more of a problem then. Well, Day Day did. Day Day shot forty percent from three uh, this year. Gina I'm going to temper my JUCO stat expectations. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. And you don't want your one and two going into the Big Twelve being guys that are bouncing a ball on a Division One court for the first time. And one's what, like five eleven, maybe? They're six both foot. about six foot, six foot one. Yeah, I'm. I'm not loving that. Right. Unless it's <laughs> unless it's. Uh, Shabazz and, and, Kem- uh, and Kemba Walker and Kemba, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not running out the uh, the sub six foot or the the that, six foot all stars that have never never played. Yeah, Micah shot thirty six percent from three, and he was good on catch and shoot. Like, I just think he's a good guard to have on your bench. I do. <sighs> okay. You don't. That's fine. We disagree. We yeah. disagree. That's okay. I, I have more I have more faith in Wes, I guess, than you do to go out and get a better player. I, I just don't know, like <laughs> to find a better player, middle of the roster better player. I, I just a, I don't a six five or six six guy that shoots thirty. A six five or six six guy that's willing to come in and play 14 minutes a game. If you have that extra spot, you can find that knockdown shooter in my world. Maybe you can't. Like when you have more more spots, you to have fill, a guy. So so let me ask you this: What? How many more percentage points do you need over a thirty six percent shooter? Well, it depends. What is the rest of my team? Is the thirty six percent shooter my best shooter? No, Landers is your best shooter. We're assuming right now Landers is back next year for this for okay, this for the, discussion. For this exercise, for the sake of this discussion, we're going to go get some... two guard. You're going to have Landers back. And you're gonna have a, an additional. I need a two guard. Yeah, you're gonna get a two and either a four or a five. That's starter Big Twelve quality to go with Landers. Your two freshman, junior college point guards, 
and then you have your bench guys behind them. I know I, this is totally off subject, and I know it's just like you can't go off of like what's being discussed on the Twitters and everything. Sure, but like it seems like they're not. No, I haven't noticed any two guards that they're talking to. Am I just missing that? I don't know that there are many two guards. It's like <laughs> like everybody's everybody's name players. that I see is like a big, which is fine because they need bigs. But like, no, it's and, it's it's combo guards and like uh, combo forwards. Like that's like undersized fours and not good enough to be a one twos. Yeah, I don't know. I'm reading some of these comments and and restraining myself from from commenting. The step back three bullshit is gone, Reed. I don't know. Like you're so angry right now. Um, that's Dave. That was Dave's game. Dave was the step back three guy. He has graduated. Like Dave's bread and butter. The thing he relied on was the step back three. Landers was more of a pump fake and relocate. I don't really remember many step back threes from Landers. Um, no, it was, it was more of a it was go directly catch to the and side. shoot, catch and shoot, or pump fake, relocate, dribble, and then shoot the three. JD's not JD's. J, in and JD watch. didn't take step back threes. He took thirty foot threes as soon as the ball touched his fingertips. Where he was fading away into the yeah. bench bench area. He never dribbled. Like, right. I think. I think. How do you take a step back three if you don't dribble? Like I would love to. I would love to go back and it would be a great uh, like uh, PCU member uh, TV guy or whatever his name was. That, that his senior thesis was like watching the, the. I want someone to go back and watch all the games and count the number of times JD actually dribbled the ball. How many dribbles do you think he took this season That's in the half like, court? I want to know. Court. Yeah, like. Under under 200. Way under. In the half court? Like, yeah. not counting getting the ball and, like, dribbling it up the floor. Like, getting a no, rebound. No, like, in, in the up. offense, like, they pass right. you the ball and you, you make them, like, you're, like, I mean, there's, like, 30 games. Under <laughs> under 200. 30, they played 36 games. Like, eight dribbles a game? <laughs> Ten dribbles a game? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Someone needs to do that. Like, we need a, a student at UC to do a, a thesis paper on who who's played the most minutes and taken the least amount of dribbles. It's <laughs> great. I love it. You know what I also love? Aaron has gone through us having this argument, like arguing so many times where one of us is like, all right, fine, I'm out here. He didn't even, like, he used to put the, the end graphic up knowing that we were going to, like, end the show or yeah. might end the show. Now he's like, you guys are full of shit. You're not yeah. done yet. Get over yeah. it. <laughs> no, because we don't, like, you and I don't, like, we just, like, move on to the next thing. And it's like, right. what, whatever. I just thought of the Vic conversation. You weren't letting. Yeah, you know now, Aaron. Like, there's I was no just, point I, in putting I, it up anymore. I, I was, I, if you really were done, I was not even going to put the end graphic up. And I would have just hit end broadcast. <laughs> and been done with it. Whatever. Yeah. That's on you. Not on me. That's on you. <laughs> no, I. What what the hell like computer now? I don't know. Um, but no, I'm probably I'm probably wrong there. Like you know, those numbers are real numbers and everything. Like 
So I'm probably wrong. He was there. a different player. And I, don't, I wasn't. Tr- like, was I wasn't trying to make it sound like I didn't think he was any good. You know. So I think he's a, he's a six eleven big that can shoot and block shots and moves well and can defend the pick and roll. Like there's a lot of value in that guy. He's a Big Twelve yes. quality starter. Yes. And then you have Landers, I think pro quality starter. I think he could benefit. I think he'll. I think Vic will actually, you know, will benefit. Assuming that they play at a fairly high level, I think he will benefit from having lead guards like, yeah, Day Day and Jizzle. Jizzle. So if you have Vic and you have Landers and you have Jizzle and Day Day that you're counting on to be the future of the point guard position, you go out and you get two more, and then you have five. And then the rest of the guys can slot into their roles, even without any more changes. Reed, I would drive to wherever the hell Utah Valley is right now. <laughs> like, right now. He's not coming here to, in that I know. role. He's not. No, that's why I mean. he, I'd go to drive and pick him up because he'd be my starting point guard. <laughs> or two. Or, yeah, my, my two. two, right. Yeah, you can play him at the yeah, two. Yeah, he's not – yes, I would trade him for Micah because – I mean, Who wouldn't? <laughs> if you're Utah Valley and you make that trade, you fire the GM. <laughs> Wait, you traded our best player for their seventh man? <laughs> get out, get the- Did they give you a washer and dryer and maybe like some 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 free airline miles for us this, this season? <laughs> Oh, you got some of those new Wilson basketballs that they used in the NCAA tournament. That, that apparently likes. have more air than, you know, <laughs> I, was, I, I was reading something about that. It was like, they're talking about the shooting and everyone was like, yeah, because they're filled with so much damn air that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, JB. It. It. <laughs> what? Natalie said, why are you trading oh, Jay Buhner? That's funny. Oh. Uh, all yeah, right. I don't know why Mark Madsen's taking the cow job. That's a weird it's a, one. That's it's not set up for success. That's a weird one. Um, all right. I got my daughter is like peeking around the corner like she wants me to be your dad or something. Tell her to go to bed. So, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, the, the TV background noise keeps getting louder and louder. Yeah, she's trying to, like, yeah. She's opened all the doors. She just keeps standing outside the door, staring at me. Apparently, there's a conversation we need to have or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, uh, we'll see what day next week. Uh, it might be Thursday, just because Dave and I are trying to work on something. Uh, but we'll see. Dave, great show as always, my friend. Hey, it's a, it is a pleasure. I don't... I always think it's funny when people are like, oh, they're, they're getting at each other. And they're like, <laughs> we love that. Like, you and I enjoy this. We have a great time getting after it. Like, and, if, like one, if we agreed on everything, it would be boring. Right. And two, it's like, fun. it's it's fun. It's entertainment. Like, you know, we're, I'm, I couldn't possibly, you know, possibly take any of this on any sort of personal level. I mean, we're just talking about sports. Like, I would I would hope that we have differences of opinions on certain things. Sure. Wouldn't be any fun if we agreed on everything. And hey, guess All what? Right. 
Sometimes, too, it might just be an act. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody wants to know if you've uh, talked shit to Dave about Travis Kelsey beating the Bengals in the AFC Championship game and winning the Super Bowl. No. No? You're going to let it go? She's gonna be the bigger. She's gonna be the bigger person. She's more worried about her outfit for the Taylor Swift concert three months mm. from now. I am also worried about, worried about my outfit for the Taylor Swift concert. I can only imagine. <laughs> we'll see you next time. That's the BCJ podcast, not the Nightcap. We'll see you next time, right here on BearcatJournal.com. <laughs>